Yo, what's going on, guys? It's your boy Chris with a new episode of Badass Asian Dudes. This week's guest is Andy Park, the founder of 7 Till 8. 7 Till 8 makes custom fit surf and dive wetsuits tailored to your body's exact specifications. You just go on their website, send your measurements, and then they send you a custom wetsuit in a few weeks. You see this a lot with clothing, for example, suits, shirts, jackets. But I remember when Andy and his former business partner came up with this idea years back, I thought it was pretty genius because custom and made-to-measure clothing was getting big in those days. Of course, just having an idea is nothing. The hardest part is executing it and actually turning it into something. But what do you do if you have no experience with wetsuits and you've never made a wetsuit before? And also, how do you compete against the already established wetsuit companies out there like Body Glove, Billabong, O'Neill? They've been in this game for years. All they had was the idea of creating a custom-fit wetsuit company. That's the position Andy and his former business partner win. We talk about Andy's first try at this business with a former business partner and how they launched on Kickstarter. And then we talk about how that former company transitioned into his current company, 7 Till 8. Some things we talk about in this episode, his Kickstarter strategy and how they raised 20K, creating a vision for your company, key takeaways from his accelerator program, and much more. Hope you guys enjoy. If you're liking the podcast, please make sure to subscribe and share. If you're really liking it, please leave a five-star review. That'd be awesome. And lastly, I have my Facebook group, Badass Asian Dudes. If you want to meet other like-minded people, apply to join. Thanks again, and let's get on with the show. What's up, dude? What's going on? What are you up to these days? <laughs> um, I'm just working. Um, I have some news, man. Uh, I'm actually moving to Korea. No way. Yeah. Are you serious? I live in Korea, right? Yeah, I live in Seoul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be there August 21st. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what's going on? Why are you moving to Korea? Um, so we got into an accelerator in Korea. Okay. Uh, it's put on by uh, Kotra. Yeah. Uh, Korean government, I guess. Yes, Korean started. trade something organization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They started like something called uh, the Korean Startup Grind. Yeah. It's basically a four-month program where um, they invite 40 companies to come and try and establish business in Korea. So they took like, I think, 1,600 applicants. And yeah. we were one of the 40. Wow. A fucking that's surf insane, company, dude. Dude, 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 that's awesome, man. For sure. So what's going on with 7 to 8? What else is going on? A lot's going on. So we have been partnering with a lot of uh, different brands. Initially, the company was all custom wetsuits, right? And we did only surf wetsuits. And then we added a collection of dive wetsuits. And then because we were doing such a special pro- like product and something that was so technical, I learned so much about building wetsuits. And then... From that, we developed the private label program. So we make wetsuits for like government agencies, other brands, um, swimwear. 
And that expanded my knowledge of wetsuit construction further. And so now, you know, we do collaborations with artists. We do limited drop items. So that got us to be like this quick turnkey uh, manufacturing company. Now, like the most recent project that's going to kick off in about a month is a collaboration with the apparel company. So we're testing the market with apparel. We're designing like this um, surf shirt where you can wear it in the water and then it, it like dries off really quick. So when you come out, you can still use that shirt and go to brunch or do whatever you want. But, cool, man. That's awesome, uh, dude. You know, like how long has it been since you guys launched on Kickstarter? I know it's been a while, but how long has it been? When we first, when I started talking to you about our first business, Carapace, that was off of Kickstarter, which was back in 2013. And then through Carapace, I started 7 till 8 three years ago. So we rebranded and changed it to 7 till 8 and focused primarily on surf. That was back in October of was it 2016? So we're approaching year three in October. The past three years just been kind of crazy. Like yeah. so many like different directions. And now I think we kind of have a like a really good grasp on our business. And we have the long-term goal we want to hit. It's pretty crazy like where we are now. We just moved into a new location too. So we have like our own shop. It's like decked out. It's sick. You know, like we're pretty much renting space out of like a logistics warehouse. So it was like this shitty little corner in like this huge warehouse. And like it was dirty and like dangerous. Dude, customers are coming in, pulling up in like Teslas and Porsches. And they're like, what the fuck is this? You know, but of course we're, we're bootstrapped, you know, like yeah, we're, a bootstrap sure. company. we're just like barely making it. And then, uh, Last year was a pretty good year for us. So we uh, grew the business quite a bit last year and it gave us the ability to get our own place with like our own layout, our own personality. That's yeah, a pretty sick spot. So, Bro, that's so exciting, man. That's yeah. really, really exciting. Okay, so like go into like the whole story of like how you started this company, like how you even like got the idea of like custom wetsuits. I know sure. you're very passionate about surfing. So let's just go into like the whole origin story. I grew up in Torrance and uh, near the beach, always did boogie boarding, swam my entire life. And then my mom actually got me a surfboard when I was like 14. First day I took it out, I, um, no one was teaching me. I just went to Hermosa Beach, caught this wave. I was like standing up on my board. I slipped and like smashed my nuts on my board. And I was like, dude, this sucks. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like this, this is ridiculous. You're on this like hard piece of like six foot fiberglass that could kill you. I was just like defeated. I had a few friends or actually my cousin was surfing with me too. And he was like, dude, let's just try it again tomorrow. And then the next day went out and just had a blast, you know, caught that wave that just like really, just like really made me understand why people love surfing. And I just got them my entire life surf like nonstop. never really even had like a pause i mean i i surf a ton still 
when I was in my early 20s, I got a job as a beach lifeguard. When I was uh, doing like a joint training with the fire department, I noticed that there were a ton of different shapes. You know, we have like these like firefighters that are just massive, you know, like six foot and like 250 pounds, you know, just big guys. And then you have like an athletic like lifeguard that's like, you know, five, eight and like 160. And so there were so many different ranges of sizes and there's only so many different sizes that are offered through um, you know, all the big brands. You know, I thought there was an opportunity to offer custom sizes, but I wasn't quite sure if there was like a large enough demand. And that's what got us to start the Kickstarter project to see if there's an actual demand for this. I think we're originally targeting something like 17 grand. You know, we, we wanted to be something substantial, but like, we also wanted to try and meet that that mark, but um, we surpassed it in like half a week. I think we ended up raising something like twenty five thousand, and so like that really gave us the confidence to just be like, dude, like let's just let's just do it, you know? Let's yeah. just take the money, make a website, and see what happens, right? Yeah. So uh, started the website, and of course, like that's kind of when the journey started. So all the learnings, failures, all of that, the different people that I've met, um, the different people I work with, you know, some of them still here, some of them are not. But um, yeah, it's pretty much seven years of just like grinding and learning. And For sure. This point where I'm going to Korea now, which is amazing. You know, so, yeah, I'm excited yeah. to have you here. Yeah, Okay, man. so... <laughs> so when you have that idea of creating custom wetsuits, I feel like that's such a hard idea, you know, like you can kind of, so like execution is the hardest thing. So you have this idea that you want to create custom wetsuits and then there's already big companies that are creating wetsuits and you've also never created a wetsuit before. Yeah. So what are the first steps? So like you have this idea. So what are the step-by-step -step things that you do? I think for me, um, I don't know if I want to say lucky, maybe um, more naive, because I was young. I was, I think, I was like 24 when I first started kind of thinking about this. I never started a company before, or I never really did a project like this before. All I knew was that I knew how to make things. Like, ever since I was a kid, I like worked on cars. I, um, you know, I had a 69 Mustang that I built work with woodshop, you know, I, I work with my hands a lot. So I was confident that I can learn how to make a wetsuit. But because I was on this like kind of time constraint of like, all right, we got this Kickstarter project that we're deciding on doing, I got to actually learn how to make a wetsuit. I think the smartest move was finding an advisor and finding the right advisor. So that's when I actually met Mark Malinsky he was the former GM of Body Glove. So he was in charge of all wetsuit production at Body Glove. And luckily at the time, um, he wasn't with Body Glove anymore. He retired, but he wanted to do some kind of consulting work. I put out, I think it was like a job posting through like some like Indeed or one of those things. He, he found out about it, called us up. When I talked to him, he was eager to come in and actually figure out what we're trying to do. And I think when he 
who met me, he was just like, dude, this kid has no idea what he's doing. But I think in a way he wanted to like pay it forward, right? You know, he's like this older guy that knows all this information. So that summer, he pretty much sat down with me and taught me everything about what's manufacturing. And so I got like a crash course in like three months. And I think because I had the willingness to actually like sew and cut and glue and all that, you know, that, that experience just like, it sped it up quicker. We were able to make a prototype. And then from there, that's when uh, we found our partner that manufactures all of the wetsuits. And they do like really good work. It's like probably the best wetsuit like, construction by far. Out of all the wetsuits I've experienced, like I can probably say like ours are made like, really good. Bro, that's I'm not awesome, just saying yeah. that to like just like yeah yeah, yeah for sure. I was I, I'm actually like pretty shocked at how good a wetsuit are made compared to like the big box brands and all those. So, yeah. Okay, so finding an advisor was really key for you. Do you remember what kind of job posting you put on Indeed, like surf wetsuit consultant or something? No, or I, what was I that? Think it was like a wetsuit manufacturing consultant, you know, or advisor, you know, and then we listed like. A list of like sourcing manufacturing process basically everything we needed to know in order to build a wetsuit we listed it out on that um that job posting and you know it could be because we're in southern california we're, we're actually in the south bay he lived in palos verdes and i think because we're in we're in gardena well we were in gardena and he's in palos verdes he was like oh well it's like not too far from me. So I think we got lucky that geographically we're in a place where there are resources to help us with that. But let's say we started it in like Santa Barbara. I don't think Mark would have been like willing to come to Santa Barbara to consult for us. So um, geographically timing, you know, he was retired, he was bored. Maybe he saw the energy that we had and was like stoked to help us out. Bro, that's awesome. Okay, so you guys have this idea, you get this consultant, and now you guys got to do the Kickstarter. Uh, your goal so this was, was... This This was actually like after Kickstarter. Which was oh, this is actually, oh, <laughs> yeah. after Kickstarter. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's like we have this idea and then we need to prove it. And it's like, okay, yes. now let's figure out how to build it. Got it, got it. Okay, but let's go back to the Kickstarter because you guys raised, I think, was it like 20 or like 25K for your Kickstarter? Yeah. And I feel like that's not easy. So what was your guys' strategy going into Kickstarter? Strategy was try to create a dope video, which, um, you know, it was the video was okay. But I think the number one thing that really helped us was press. You know, we really needed to get visibility and we needed it to be cheap too. So we, at that time, there wasn't like Facebook advertising or anything like that. So we pretty much just cold called a bunch of like um, press outlets, like a lot of surf companies. Um, one of the big ones that featured us was Gizmodo. And we got lucky that the person that hosted us was a surfer too. So the editor that promoted us or wrote the piece on us was a surfer, Brett, uh, Brett Rose. Brett Rose. And um, he... Um, wrote this like phenomenal like article about us and we got funded in like two days after that it was crazy that one article just like got us funded and then 
that article actually introduced us to other press outlets too. Because once the other ones see that, they're like, oh, we want to write about these folks too and hop on that trend, right? So then it trickled down. Like we got, I think, five other publications to write about us after that. And then that's when we started seeing the growth in our company. Okay, so you have been in business now for several years. You've done a lot of marketing, community building. And yeah. when you guys did your Kickstarter, you guys didn't have that much experience. But now that you guys do have a lot more experience, like what? how would your strategy change? Digitally, Instagram has been tremendous for us, just getting the word out. It's hard with Instagram to really gauge ROI. So on like a... A return, it's really hard to say, like, is Instagram really helping us sell what seeds? But we know that Instagram is helping us spread the word. So we put up, like, a dope video or, like, a cool collection. And it could even be something, like, we had a, we made, like, this tailored suit. Did you see that? Yeah, you I know? saw that. Yeah, yeah, we made, we pretty much, so Kalani Rob is, like, a, a big-time, like, surfer. He's this, like really charismatic surfer he's also like an older surfer so like the older generation knows him and he's still relevant so the younger generation knows him too and he has this like really quirky kind of personality so when i met up with him he was like hey make me a suit that's a wetsuit and i'll wear it in the water we'll do a video and we'll drop it on like social media and that shit went viral because of our relationship with Kalani and using Instagram as a platform, it, it grew our following. It started getting the word out. We caught on early that that was kind of working with getting the word out. We started dropping more kind of like costumey wetsuits is what we called it. But it was actually taking our brand into a direction that we didn't want it to. We didn't want to be recognized as like a costume wetsuit company. We want to be recognized as a respectable you know, tailored-made, high-end wetsuit. And although that custom, like, tailored suit was on sale on our site for, like, $1,500, and we sold, like, a bunch of them, too, we don't want to be a costume company, right? We want to be a badass company that makes, like, really good products. So our, I guess, like, just to get our name out was a good strategy. But if we kept with that strategy, then we would be kind of putting ourselves in that category of like this cheesy, like kind of only costume, what's company. So we instead um, got the word out and then partnered with uh, the people that could bring us that respect. Well, Kalani is like, a, I mean, he's like hands down the best thing that happened to you know, our, our team our writers and all that but um that also opened up the doors for meeting with people like sal masakela you know um eric logan from the wsl um and like these really influential people that could bring more of a respectable type of following to our brand and so now we're um really figuring out okay well let's think about it like three years five years ten years like what's like this brand that we want, really want to establish. And, you know, 7 till 8 has been around for three years. And um, we're still very, like, I think we're still very young. Um, but we're, like, we're really defining what that brand is right now. And um, yeah. 
I think there's this momentum that's carried us through so far, but like it needs to be extremely professional, well like thought out, you know, and and also executed. So that's kind of like where um, my partner and I. So wife, my wife Grace is my partner in business too, and she has a background in marketing. So a lot of these kind of ideas of like, hey, let's not be a costing company. Let's be something that. It's more respectable is coming from her, you know, yeah. and like she's creating the strategy on like, you know, how are we going to translate what we envision with the brand to the consumers and yeah. what platforms are we going to use too? It might not be Instagram. It might be something else. And so, uh, yeah, she's kind of the brains behind our whole brand and direction. For sure. Andy, when I hear you talk about your strategy and marketing, it sounds so mature, so developed, you know, it sounds like you have a very, very strong vision of where you want your brand to go. And that is really awesome to see. I'm sure that when you first started this company, like you didn't have that strong vision, like this is what we want. But now it seems like there's a lot of clarity in terms of what you want this brand to be in five years, 10 years down the line. There's definitely definitely more clarity. Um, And I think uh, back then, I didn't even know you needed like a vision, you know, we're just like, let's just build a company. Right. But now it's like vision is like so key because you need buy-in, right. You need people to believe in your vision. And um, I think at this point right now, we are like getting a much more clear picture of what our vision is. Okay. So let's go back to like the early days. So you got this consultant and he was consulting you. What were some of the early struggles that you guys had? So building wetsuits is Difficult building custom wetsuits is like sometimes like impossible. Like it's tough, you know. We get like we make wetsuits for like NBA athletes, you know. Like the biggest, the tallest person we made a wetsuit for was he was the center for the Clippers, seven foot two, you know. And like that was probably the first like seven foot two person to ever wear a wetsuit, right? So um, the technology that goes into creating the patterns was a struggle. So manufacturing wetsuits, it's like it could be learned, but we were really creating a new category, you know, and this category was something that's very challenging. Custom wetsuits are like the patterns that go behind making the wetsuits is where all the work is. So if you need a wetsuit to fit really well, you need the blueprints to be strong, right? And that's what we call the patterns. And so the technology that went into creating this like CAD software that can create the patterns was a challenge. It was kind of like a hodgepodge of like, all right, we know that something like this exists in the fashion industry. So maybe we can look into like these softwares in the fashion industry. And that's what we found this one software program that opened up a lot of opportunities for, um, made to measure type of pattern work. And so we spoke to numerous uh, vendors that did this type of work for fashion, but one of the biggest things that um, are difference between like a t-shirt and a wetsuit is that when you build a t-shirt, there's a different kind of tolerance that goes into sewing. You have like more of a margin that you can work with or wetsuits, you have zero tolerance. All the seams are matched up together. So the margin of errors is like, it's, it's crucial. Like if you make a mistake, a wetsuit could fit like incorrectly. And then 
another thing is wetsuits cost way more to manufacture than a t-shirt. So at the time, we just kind of looked at so many different vendors and worked with the ones that pretty much were in line with our vision. Kind of worked out. I think timing was key where uh, this one, uh, she's like this person that sets up algorithms or patterns. She was available. It just happened that at that time, like she fit us right in and created these algorithms and it worked. So yeah, timing and, and luck at the time was, was like key for this to work. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. So the algorithms, what is that? Is that when the person, when your customer goes onto your website, types in their measurements, and then the algorithms put together the measurements? It's the back end. So um, the customers go into our website, submit their measurements. So they measure themselves up. We have a video tutorial that shows them how to do it, or they come in here and get measured. But once we receive those measurements, all the patterns, they start off with the base. It's like a, a true medium-sized base pattern. The algorithms are set to all the different seam lines. So when we put in, like, let's say your measurements, you're different than the medium size. All the seam lines have to read your measurements and change the size of the pattern. So your sleeve, like maybe your arm is like two inches longer than mine. Well, if you extend the sleeve out, it needs to proportionately extend out. It can't just be like your forearm. Then like your elbow is going to be like all the way up by your armpit or something like that. So the algorithms, they, they pretty much equally scale out all the patterns so that it fits your arms the way that, you know, my, like if we made a wetsuit for you, the algorithms, the fit should be the same for me as for you, right? Because everything's being scaled equally. Cool, man. Okay. And then how did you guys, I saw that you guys have also done some like really big partnerships with like companies like the Discovery Channel or something like that. Like how did those come about or how do you seek out those kind of partnerships? It's interesting because of a lot of our partnerships, I would say like 90% have been inbound. So um, we don't really do a lot of outbound for our partnerships. Um, It's usually word of mouth where they find us. Originally um, through Instagram, our first partnership was with the San Francisco Fire Department. So one of the firefighters, they found our Instagram and He's like five foot seven and like 270 pounds. Like he's like a like massive dude, but he's short. You know? like, <laughs> seven, two, seven. That's huge. That's huge. And so he reached out and was like, hey, can you make me a custom wetsuit? I'm a San Francisco firefighter. And I was like, yeah, sure, we can do it. And for some reason, I guess that discussion went to his captain. And his captain reached out to us and said, are you interested in suiting up? all of our firefighters, we have about 200 firefighters that are part of the ocean rescue team. And, you know, this was pretty early on. And I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> like 200 wetsuits, dude, for sure. I was like at Coachella when this all happened too, you know, like I was just like, dude, San Francisco Fire Department wants us to make like 200 wetsuits. And then I was like at Coachella, we just like checked into like our, our house and I was like, Dude, they want to make wetsuits. And then I think that partnership got us on the Mac. It gave us like credibility, right? So Discovery Channel came right after that. We made a few wetsuits or several wetsuits for their uh, divers. And then 
we got like Oceana, we got like uh, was that Shark Week, and then I started realizing, you know what, like it's interesting that we're getting these deals through word of mouth. Let's just put up like a page on our site, right? And then it was like a pretty like janky page, like we make like private label wetsuits, and um, apparently not a lot of people know how to do that. So um, we started getting more interesting uh, partnerships. We uh, made wetsuits for some really interesting streetwear brands and just like companies you would never expect would want to make wetsuits. Yeah, it just, it all came from San Francisco Fire Department, just having that credibility and being able to expand like partnerships. So we're curious to see what else there is. And part of the reason why we're going to Korea is seeing what's out there. So for sure. Samsung wetsuits, you know. <laughs> Wait, so the, <laughs> so the accelerator program that you're in right now, how long have you been in that program? Um, so that was last year. Uh, that was the fourth quarter of last year. So we got it. Yeah. In the fourth quarter. Uh, so we graduated from that, and then um, we just got accepted to the K startup for, for sure. Yeah. What do you have? Any key takeaways from that program? Like anything? you learned or anything very important what i've learned was before that program i was i was kind of in a shell i was kind of reluctant to like really network and like put myself out there right um i think as an entrepreneur your time is limited and with me i like executing so putting my head down you know building wetsuits like figuring things out so it was really difficult for me to get myself to find like an opportunity, like a, like some type of networking event to find the people that could help me. But what Grid 110, so the program was called Grid 110. They put me out of my comfort zone. So I had to meet with them every single week. I had to meet with people and talk to them about our business. And then they would make recommendations of, Oh, you should meet this person. You should go to this event. And so they actually got me in touch with another program called Catalyst that was specific for production. And so this, like, not necessarily an accelerator, it's, a, it's a, another government-funded program where they connect you with resources for production. That's when I saw true value in programs like this. And I was like, the past year, I've learned so much just putting myself in programs like that where... Like for any entrepreneur, I think it's really important for them to go outside and see what else is out there and find people that can really help them grow the business instead of just being a one-man shop, right? So um, that's the key takeaway, just expanding your network. Hmm, for sure. Okay, cool, man. So, you know, I have a Facebook group and there's a lot of young guys in there. There's a lot of high schoolers, there's a lot of college kids, and there's a lot of people that want to start their own company. Yeah. What kind of advice would you have for them? Right now we're living in this digital age and kind of like this whole like startup craze where there are so many resources to do what you really want to do. I think a lot of us are creative and I think that creativity, it really excites us to build something, right? And that something is a company. 
right? Everyone wants like either a brand or they want to start a business or they want to make a product. Um, and because the internet is just allowing us to find so many resources and get so much support, it's like a really good time to start a business. And I think for any young entrepreneur that is even um, putting their toes into this whole entrepreneur kind of like life, um, I think my key advice would be know exactly what you want, you know, because I think when I first started this company, I was telling you like, I didn't really have a vision. And now that I have a vision, there's clear direction, right? You might have this like creative idea of like, let's just take example, like, oh, I have this like new like technology I want to develop, like a new phone or something, right? It's like, okay, well, this phone might be something creative, but what do you really want this product to become? Like vision, like create like a vision where like this thing is going to be like the end result to like whatever business is, right? And then that's going to give you direction towards like completing that, right? But if you don't know exactly what that's going to be, then you're just going to be going in all different directions and you're never going to make a decision. So if you know exactly what you want and you have a clear vision, then everything's going to fall into place. You're going to find out like, who am I going to have to find in order for this thing to work? You know, how much money am I going to have to raise? You know, like what kind of marketing do I have to do? But if it's just kind of an idea and you don't know exactly what you want, then it's going to fall apart. Because each time you come to a decision, you don't know like how to make that decision. You don't know what you want. So for our, all of the young guys or people that are interested in starting a company, just know exactly what you want and do your best to try and get that. If you cool. say it enough, I think you'll get it. You know? No, that's, say it that's, enough, I think that's really good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I've uh, I kind of not played around, but just like, didn't really know what I wanted, but I have a much better idea for what I want now. And it's giving me a lot of energy and motivation and you're getting the buy-in too, because people can sense that. And I, help I can sense it. You know, I, yeah, I can sense it. That's what I was talking about before when you were talking about like your company, where you want to go. I was like, whoa, like I can really sense that you have a clear direction of what you, where you want seven till eight to go. I think that's really awesome to see. And I think it's also really important to know exactly what you want. And then on that journey, throughout that journey, if it doesn't work out, you have to have a good idea of like when to walk away too, right? Because if you don't know what you want, then you might not ever know when to walk away. But if you do know what you want and there's a time in that journey where just like it's not like working out to what I really wanted, then you have like a better decision to make where like, you know what, like maybe... I could stop, you know, and then move on to something else. So I think that's important to like recognize your failures. It's okay to fail, but then keep on going with some other idea. You know, it might not be the one that you have right now because it's a failure, but learn from that. And then the next idea could be a success. So, you know, like the business I had before, Carapace, I thought of it as a failure. Seven till eight, it's a success to me. So, you know, it's, it's a journey, but like knowing what you want will give you that motivation and energy. So, and at the end of the day, I think that brings happiness too. So that's key too. For sure. Where can people find out more about your company? Um, well, they could check out 7till8.com. So it's spelled 7 T I 
8.com. They can check us out on Instagram, 7 to 8 wetsuits. And check out all the posts that we put up. And check out our website too, yeah. Got all the wetsuits up there and there's quite a bit of information about what we do. For sure, man. Yo, all right, guys. That was my interview with Andy. I hope you guys enjoyed. His website is 7till8.com. 7-T-I-L-L-8.com. Custom fit surf and dive wetsuits. Pretty awesome. Lastly, before we go, please make sure to subscribe and share. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review. That'd be awesome. And also, join my Facebook group, Badass Asian Dudes. Thanks again, guys, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you.